You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and today's topic is me, myself, and anxiety, dealing with the anxiety triad in the midst of coronavirus. I am glad you're joining me for another special episode on Enneagram and Marriage because today we know we're still right in the thick of coronavirus, so I'm still going to save those wonderful episodes with Olivia and I where we talk about Enneagram 3s and Enneagram and parenting for just a little bit longer as we give you a few more tips with how to deal with what's actually happening right now with coronavirus as we continue to hunker down, to quarantine, and to change our lives, especially those who have children or own small businesses or perhaps are right in the thick of it in another way with a sick family member or even yourself feeling symptoms, I really want to give to you in this time and make sure that you have everything you need so that you don't have to have additional fear beyond normal anxiety. So today we're going to do just a few things. We're going to make sure we talk about what anxiety is. We're going to give you some tips about how people actually can thrive with anxiety. And then we're also going to make sure to give you a bunch of tips for how to live your life with as little unnecessary anxiety as possible. Because let's face it, we don't want to have anxiety, but we need it sometimes. So I'll tell you that experiencing occasional anxiety is a normal part of life. We do know that over 3 million people do suffer from anxiety disorders, which can include things like panic attacks and issues where they have trouble leaving their home or Anything from PTSD to trichotillomania, which is hair pulling, to just actually GAD, generalized anxiety disorder, can be issues with anxiety that people deal with and may even receive mental health counseling for. That was my job before I was a relationship coach, and I have a staff who does that today. We love helping people who have actual disorders with anxiety. Sometimes the label's not even necessary, but a lot of people deal with anxiety because what I was getting at earlier is that actually anxiety is something we all have and we all need. It's one of those important mechanisms that come in our bodies with the fight or flight system that we've been given where our body actually needs to know when something is alarming us. And in fact, when we actually have crises like coronavirus, people who have GAD or generalized anxiety disorder often do better. And there's a wonderful article I was reading about a psychiatrist, Dr. Disler at UCLA's Anxiety Center, who actually has studied this effect that a lot of the time people with GAD do better because they've prepared for things. And that makes me, of course, think of Enneagram 6s who have spent a lifetime preparing for difficult times as well as those with a six in their tri-type absolutely just astound me with the way that they are rising up. In fact, I had a client tell me this very morning that she was having such a better time with her anxiety during this time because she's been preparing a lifetime for it. And you guys have to check out Olivia's awesome, she has her own solo podcast, Dude, I Love That, and she's a six and she shares anxiety tips this week. These guys have prepped and probably prepped even more than you can imagine if you're not a six or somebody in the anxiety triad and they can give you a lot of tips for how to get through your biggest fears. I know me as a seven with a six wing, I remember being really afraid to do public speaking when I was entering college. So I challenged myself to get that communications degree along with my psychology degree because I had a feeling I was going to need it. 
And I knew that my history with my father being a professional debater and speaker was building me for a lifetime of public connections. And I knew that I wanted that, but I also knew I wasn't ready for it. So confronting my fears and having to sign up for classes like argumentation and debate and advanced public speaking or even the first public speaking were hard for me but so worth it. So I want to tell you that people have gotten through their fears so beautifully. And that's an important message for you. You might even be one of those people where I'm hearing from people who don't normally have anxiety saying, I'm having it and I don't know what to do. So rest assured, those of us who have been there can totally help you through this. And it's not that we don't have fears. We just have avenues. We have routes that we've worked through over the years. So we're pretty confident now that we could get through just about anything, even unto death. Truly, that's a blessing from God to be able to say that. But when you've been through some really tough and scary things, you start to realize what you're made of and you're made well. So I want to encourage you in that and give you some actual practical tips as well so that in your marriage and in your life, you can borrow from what those of us in the anxiety triad have learned about fear and really using it to help us to have the adrenaline we need, but also not overusing it and finding ourselves totally rerouted in an unhealthy way. And I also want to remind you that if you're experiencing fear to a great degree that is already paralyzing and you listen today and you just don't think you can apply, you need a bridge, it's a good time to visit your doctor on telemedicine. You can do doctors on demand and there are several others as well. I think everybody's becoming a specialist in telemedicine. I know my husband's had to be at the office as well as learn to use telemedicine because some of his older patients can't do telemedicine. It's not for everybody if they don't not use the internet. And I know that it's really important that everyone get the care they need. So decide how you're going to go about it. But make sure you visit a doctor. This is a good time. You're in the company of everybody if you're feeling a little scared or anxious or out of sorts. I also want to let you know that anxiety can really sneak into your marriage in an unhealthy way in times like this when you guys really need to be a united front. Where it can be healthy, of course, you can imagine, is that you might be the spouse who says to the other spouse who's not as concerned, hey, let's make sure that we do an inventory on our toilet paper and on things in the home that we know we need. Let's also make sure that we have the right medicines and the right amount of money that we need to have on hand. And let's check in once a day on the media so that we know what's happening in the news and we can fact check. And we'll talk a little bit more about how to manage all the media in a few minutes. But in your marriage, it's really important that you take some time to own that one of you does need to have a little bit of anxiety. And if both of you have a lot of anxiety, then you're really going to need the tips I'm going to share because it can be an overuse of your great creative minds to just focus in on your fears. It can be an absolute buzzkill in the worst of ways where you can actually have self-fulfilling prophecies of we're going to have a terrible day, we're going to be stuck in fear all day if one of you doesn't try to take the brave steps of working through the anxiety. So make sure that if you're both fearful that you as a listener today do your best even if the first step is calling that doctor that you do the first steps of anxiety tips so that you can bring some health toward the marriage. But also if you're the one with anxiety and your spouse is In those cases, it's nice to bring in what's functional and healthy about it. And to be honest, 
But don't expect your spouse to be able to heal you. That's up to you and God. Your spouse can be a comforter. They may be a voice of reason. Maybe you have a very logical spouse, but perhaps your spouse has fears they don't even want to voice because they don't feel it would be productive and they're not able to give as much as you would like right now. And that's why I'm saying this really is up to you and God to do your anxiety work. In fact, I remember a time when I came up against my anxiety again as about a 30-year-old, and I've talked about this a few times even on the show. It was a little less than 30. I was about 28, but I really overdid. I was so much into the social seven that I was really unable to see that my self-care was all doing. It was none of it really restful self-care, soul care. And I ended up getting taken advantage of by doctors who wanted to give me a medical condition. And this happened from several different practitioners in several different fields who thought I had something in their field and said outlandish things about it. And thank goodness I was already a, at that time, limited licensed psychologist in Michigan. So I was seeing my clients and I had a great psychiatrist on the staff and she was able to say, This is just some normal anxiety for all the overload you have in your life with a full caseload, little kids, and it's nothing that even needs any kind of medical treatment. It was so helpful when she told me that. It's been over a decade since then, and her advice was absolutely priceless. So it's so important that I took it and that I went with it because what was happening in my marriage was that my husband, Wes, was not handling it well either. He didn't know what to do. He was in medical school and I would tell him, I'm anxious. I'm having a lot of different body symptoms. And he had been only used to me in this very one slash seven kind of role where I was actually thriving and seeing a ton of patience and seeing a ton of just doing good work with our kids. And I was caring in the community and I was doing a lot of exercise and fitness. So for me to be stuck in anxiety at that season of our life, he felt very trapped as well. And he didn't really know what to do. But as a logical person, what he did end up doing was what really helped in addition to the psychiatrist's advice. He told me that the most important thing I could do was to put one foot in front of the other and get to work. And he didn't mean work work because we both felt that I needed a little time to chill from my job. So we did scale back very quickly on clients in a a loving way. I still did my sessions, but I said, okay, I'm going to be moving on in a month or two. And that's quick in the world of therapy because you need to give clients a time to transition. But I actually really needed a break from the field. While I put him to school full-time and did the kids full-time, I needed to take a break from the the heavy work I was doing with lots of girls who were cutting and calling me at all hours. And I just needed to be with my family and be present and to really work on the things at home that I needed to do in order to keep our family afloat. We didn't have any parent support. We did have some paid support that we hired. We did have some church support and some friends, but really as much as as possible, he was telling me, I need you to be my partner, and the anxiety was taking over. I was looking things up on the internet, and I was letting it paralyze me until he kind of woke me up and said, I need you to just do your work. And, and of course, as a one slash three, he needed to see that productivity 
And I think that was really an important step for me is that as much as that bothered me about him and occasionally does to this day where I say, oh, wow, he's really logical and focused and doesn't always see the depths of emotion. It was actually a huge saving grace for me because I can get stuck in that four, seven stuff where you're really going down into victimization, where you're really getting stuck in your woes and you can really say, oh my goodness, I'm lost. So it's important and that's where marriage is such a blessing where you can help each other out of those ruts. And like I said, it's been about 12 years and the lessons I've learned from that time about what true self-care are and true rest and working through when you feel fear were so important and valuable. And I've told him that a few times. I've said, you know, as hard as that season was in our marriage, and as much as I think you probably missed some of the important things I also needed to hear, wow, did you save me when you told me to just put one foot in front of the other and get going on my daily list at home. So I've been using the last 12 years of my practice, or I would say 10 years since then, of course, since I did take some time off, I went back into my old feel of apartment resident management. I have a unique tale with that too that perhaps I'll tell sometime. It was such an awesome season of life and it's the season of life that always reminds me that you're who you are no matter what field you're working in because I would always give counsel to everyone who lived there and my boss was a multimillionaire and still is and always said to me, why are you going back to your other field? Because you get to do counseling here anyway. So it was really funny and interesting time. But what gave me this feeling of safety in that moment was take a scale back from your work, go reset, go put him through school with a regular day job, not something as heavy handed as that. And I want to be honest about that on this show, because some of you might say, gosh, I really love my field, but is it meant for me at every season? And obviously this coronavirus is shaking up our world and so many great things are coming from it. My students and I have been Zooming for my literature classes. My clients and I already Zoomed sometimes for the last couple of years, but it's been such a joy to see the world joining me in this kind of homeschooling or Zooming. And I'm just laughing, thinking, okay, everyone says this life is really hard. This was my life anyway. But of course, I had classes where I taught and clients that I saw in person in the office, and we all had a different life. But really, it's been an interesting thing to see for you as you think about your life, I bet. What might be different from this time of anxiety or just change. It doesn't have to be that yours was as intensive anxiety as I had. Perhaps you weren't going at that rate where I was doing too many things and had those classic seven symptoms of too many pans flying around. But perhaps you're just going to take inventory of your life in one of those ways I just mentioned. Like maybe you do more Zooming with work or work from home more. Maybe you end up doing a bit more schooling at home and you, you find creative outlets for your kids because now you know these great websites you've been introduced to or ways that the two of you can connect at night with even when they do go back to school. But at any rate, let your marriage help to give you signs of what you need and then do your own work as much as you can. Because even in that season where my husband gave me that piece of advice, it wasn't said in a way that I really wanted to receive it. It was just kind of the only option I thought at the time. I thought, I already researched everything. It seems like a bunch of doctors are kind of telling me something that doesn't have an end to it, doesn't have any kind of treatment plan to it. 
I've gotten some better self-care, so I'm starting to calm down myself. But then just taking my husband's advice, even the little he could give, really blessed me. So listen and learn from your spouse. They're not your enemy. You're not the hero. It's just two people doing their best, and I'm sure they have something to give to you. But I want to give to you now, not only from what I've studied all those years or what I experienced when I was 28, but just the variety of information and helpful tips I've had from all of that, plus all the clients I've seen before and after that for anxiety as well. So I want to make sure you have so many tips that you're loaded up for this week so that you can have a great week. The first tip I wanted to give you is to make sure that you're not completely socially isolated. The reason I include that tip is because we are needing to be socially isolated right now in the one sense physically, but we're not needing to be completely emotionally isolated because human beings are social creatures. And yes, we do need that balance of our social subtype. So don't forget that. And I want to make sure that as you look at your calendar this week, that you schedule in some time with your best friend on Zoom or Facebook. FaceTime or minimally phone, that you spend time with your family that lives with you if you live with somebody. And if you don't, that you make sure that you take some time in nature to socially distance and to make sure that you are out there in nature where you do see other human beings because we have a lot of evidence that talks about life and what it does for us with our serotonin and dopamine levels. Just seeing people and being able to smile and say a quick hello that does a lot. And now there's some great apps out there. Like my sister just sent me the house party app and we already had several great apps like Marco Polo that you can use to just video a little chat, even if it's at a different time than somebody in the day. So make sure you're taking advantage of that. Make sure you spend some time on healthy social media. And that really drives us right into the next tip that I want to make sure that you check in with yourself about how much time you should be on social media. This is another one of those good shoulds out there that sometimes there's something that's really a nice standard for everybody. And one of those standards is spending all day on social media, especially in a place like Twitter, where there's a lot of argumentation and debate going on in there. And a lot of people without professional experience telling you just an anecdotal tale about somebody in their life who was hurt by coronavirus that can spin somebody out of control if they're spending all day on it and really lead you into a tunnel of anxiety or despair that's absolutely unnecessary. So I always say check in for about 15 minutes a day max or spend time morning and night, but give yourself some rules so that you're not spinning and you're not always looking for things. Make sure you turn off notifications most of the time so you can choose when you head on it and keep your emergency alerts on, of course. The other thing I want to tell you about social media is don't add to the panic with people because if you're using all caps or a lot of exclamation points in a negative way, you're just part of the fear mongering and you've got to make sure as you're thinking about not adding to the panic that you also don't feed into the panic of having everybody say these different appeals they're making to you for why you should worry without fact checking. So make sure you fact check the people who are making these grand claims and make sure that you're not spending too much time on social media and not adding to the panic with just shouting things out in all caps. I also want to let you guys know that separating your work from home is another great tip during this time because many of you are now working from home. And I know even as I'm recording now in our in-home 
mini studio instead of our typical studio. It's important that I have the door closed and it's actually my office. So it's a nice place for me to be where I know my family is well cared for in another section of our home, but I'm in a very private off section and I haven't always lived in a home where I had that. But it is okay to say this desk or this corner is going to be my work and it faces away from the rest of my world or it gives me a sense of transition so that when I head back into the rest of my life, I'm not going to just constantly be with the laptop on the bed all day long and the work is just strewn everywhere and there's no separation and I'm popping my popcorn at the same time as I'm sitting here and I'm thinking I'll be able to sleep while I'm doing work on the bed. It's unlikely that you're going to be able to do that without a sleep aid. And I want you, if you don't need a sleep aid, you don't need one. And you've got to listen to what are some basic tips about separating spaces, like having that dim light in a bedroom that doesn't have a ton of chaos. These are things that are going to totally feed your life anyway, but especially during the time of coronavirus when you need it even more to keep a little bit of a separate place. I also want to let you guys know that it's really important that you make sure that you have a daily schedule so that when you're thinking about what you're going to do each day, that you don't just sit there and try to wing it. I know a lot of the time in the past, your schedule was built in for you, so you did wing it. And especially me as a seven, I love to have my clients all in my calendar. And then I like to know the general gist of what I'm doing, but I needed to actually set it down with more intention right now, as did my kids, even though my kids were already really good at list making as a nine and as a four, they've been making those lists for years. And my son as well, being we think a six, has been joining them on the morning list making. But I noticed that they had that fuzzy head and I actually told them last weekend, why don't you make your list for Monday in advance? It was a Saturday and it really helped them to prepare for their Monday to have it out before. And we've had a lot of friends tell us that are very successful too. They do their lists a night before. I don't mind that they normally do them on the morning, but I want to let you know, even I've had to do more of my list because you can get that fuzzy brain of knowing I don't have anything I really have to do in a certain time frame anymore. And the last one I want to talk about as far as an important transition for dealing with anxiety is make sure that you have your fitness regime going on. When I was 28 and I was over-exercising, that was part of the issue. So for me, calming down and exercising and Smaller increments and not trying to win races was a really important step for me. Even if after that I still enjoyed making good times in a race, I really have decided over much time that I really just love being outdoors. I love the fitness. It's not about winning. And I think you need to realize as you get older, it's not about winning. Even if you're three and you love the competition, find what it is you love about your fitness regime and what you can still do even though it maybe some of it has been taken from you right now. And you've realized I can't do that because it's not a health issue in most cases. Although it could be, you could be struggling with a fever and a cough. But maybe for you, it's just, I can't go to my gym anymore. I can't go to my classes. I can't do the workout that I love to do around our neighborhood with my running club. Just try to remember what it is you love about your time of fitness. And it might just be that this is a season where you do more stretching and yoga. And you take more time to do a different end 
of your fitness and you just take some time to really restfully work out and doing some Pilates and strengthening. So don't feel like you have to be stuck in a box because you don't, it's not going to look the same as it once did. And maybe it will again, but this could be a good change that you actually decide you're learning some things about what you need for fitness in this time too. So let your anxiety about this coronavirus shift you in some positive ways to not only not be part of the panic, to not only keep your work separate from home and make sure you check actually good sites like the CDC versus just listening to anybody and everybody, but let it change your life in a powerful way with your schedule, with your fitness, and and check in with your doctor if you're feeling like, okay, I'm really struggling with symptoms that I need to take hold of. Maybe you'll be like me and your doctor will say, no, this is really normal and I, I don't think you need anything. Or maybe your doctor will say you do and that's why doctors are there so don't forget that too and I want to let you know that there's some great apps out there like the calm app and another one that a client recently told me about that I really love is the soul time app which has some beautiful meditations and it is just so nice and relaxing I actually fell asleep to it last week which I normally just take a midday rest and I actually really slept which was a rare treat for me and I loved it. So I want to let you know they have some free COVID non-sponsored relaxing meditations that you can do right now. So enjoy that and, and see how beautiful the world is coming together to address the anxiety that we do need right now in order to function. And recognize that your anxiety is a gift to you. If you didn't have it, you wouldn't be alive. We have to have some amount of anticipatory actions. Don't let it freeze you. Remember my husband's gift to me. Do something. Remember that list. Remember, of course, to breathe. And that's why I mentioned those apps to you, because we know that if you take those deep breaths for four seconds in, four seconds out, put your shoulders down. I've done these relaxation exercises so many times with my clients over the years. It's really important for you to add that in because some of you don't even realize you're not fully breathing through your life right now. You're breathing shallowly and you're not feeling fully present because you're in this anticipatory anxiety. So make sure that if you take any tip at all, it's that you are making sure to really leave your worries with God, really do what you can about them and just breathe. So I actually want to end this episode a little differently as I've hinted with the breathing. I want to take you guys through a very basic breathing exercise that I've adapted from John Gottman's breathing exercises over the years and just added a little bit to because I'm a person of faith and you can add that part in or not if you don't want to. But what I want you to do is I want you to get comfortable and you can pause this if you're in the car and you cannot stop right now. Please don't do this if you're in the car fully with eyes closed, but otherwise I want you to close your eyes and I want you to take a moment to just take a few deep breaths. I want you to take about that four second breath in and four seconds out. That alone might actually take you to a place that you haven't been in a while, that you haven't even been to in a really long time. Just taking those deep cleansing breaths for a few moments. And then I want you to make sure that you take some time to think about where you're at and to just get familiar with your body right now, letting it sink into the couch or the chair, or if you're pulled over your driver's seat, 
and just letting yourself take a moment to just sink right into that space and allow your shoulders to slump and all the while taking those deep cleansing breaths all the way through. I want you to just make sure right now that you're imagining your body feeling warm, that you're just acknowledging, even thinking about the fact that you are a warm-blooded creature and you have the imagery of the sun shining its rays on you right now, just reminding you of the healthy warmth, not a sticky warmth, just a wonderful good, pure warmth over your body as you're resting and just pressing into your environment right now. And next, I want you to just take some time to notice if there's any areas of tension in your body, starting from the top of your head and working your way down to your feet, taking the deep breath still, but tensing and releasing those areas. So we'll start with around your eyes, just tensing for a few minutes and releasing down to your shoulders and neck, tensing and releasing, down through your chest area and your abdomen. If there's anything that needs to be released in your back or your chest or your abs, taking deep breaths in between, down to your glutes and legs and feet even, just seeing if there's anything else that needs to be tensed and released and taking another second in the whole body and just stretching for a moment from side to side, seeing if there's anything that needs to be tensed and released all the while taking those deep breaths. And now I want you to imagine yourself in a very safe place that you've always enjoyed, a safe place that you've always pictured going to, or maybe somewhere you know you're going to go to someday. Maybe it's a childhood bedroom that you always remember loving or a special room in your house that you're even in right now. I want you to picture that place that you're in it and I want to make sure that you picture all the sights and sounds of it. Just taking in the sights and sounds that would be part of that space and the color scheme and the textures and even the scent. And I want you to imagine yourself in that space And now I want you to imagine God right there with you. Maybe you physically even picture him right there sitting next to you. And as you think of yourself with your loving God right with you, I want you to imagine what you're being told, what you're being spoken over, what kinds of words are being spoken over you to encourage you, to remind you that you're going to be okay and that you're stronger than you realized. And after this, you're going to be so much stronger. What are the words that are being spoken over you about how you can make it in your marriage? About what's really important? About how you're going to make it with your kids? Just take this minute to rest, to breathe, to picture yourself in that place of beauty and serenity And I want you to take one more final cleansing breath to release the stress and just take a moment when you're ready to go ahead and open your eyes and reintegrate into your world. And if you take the tips that we talked about today of making sure that you're not over asking of your spouse and that you're not over asking of yourself, but that you're continuing 
to go forward on your journey of loving others well, of doing your work, and of getting healthy replenishment, you guys are going to be so much ahead of the game, just like these sixes who have been preparing for it their whole lives. So I want to make sure that you let me know if you have any questions or comments. And if you need to meet with me on a coaching basis, I did reopen my cart and you can visit at enneagramandmarriage.com or at reflectionscc.com. But I'm so glad you joined me. Now I'm calmer too, as you can probably tell, because even going through the exercise with you just gives me that sense of peace. So I'm really excited that we did this together. I look so forward, of course, as a seven for our future episodes. But right now, I was glad to be here with you today. Have a great day, guys.